is up, guys. Welcome back to Oh My Pod. I'm your host, Chelsea Rife, and today we have Morgan Shapiro of Morganic Lifestyle on. She's a personal trainer based in South Florida, and she's also the lifestyle expert on Local 10's health, lifestyle, and fitness show. And I wanted to have her on because we've had a male trainer on, so I wanted to get a female's perspective. And Morgan's take, in my opinion, is really approachable. She's super friendly, down-to-earth, knowledgeable. She's honestly just a little cutie, and you can tell she really cares about her clients. We cover everything from just getting into a healthy mindset, because we all know how hard that is, her opinion on tracking food, uh, intermittent fasting, dieting, sticking to a plan, and much more. And if you've listened to any of my pods before, I have been all over the place with fitness and health. I've joined expensive gyms. I've gone to home gyms, class pass, tracking with different apps, YouTube workouts, and it's taken me a really long time to figure out what I can keep up with. And for me, what I've finally realized is it's being held accountable. I'm really motivated by loss aversion, meaning like if there's money on the line or I'm getting fined for something or losing something, like losing a session I paid for, or getting a penalty for missing a class, that's what works for me. So that's why personal training or class pass or apps like that work for me. But I know some people are like, why would I do that? I can just go to my home gym whenever I want. So again, people are so different when it comes to health and fitness, but that's what works for me. And I've realized there's hate doing the same things over and over. But again, I have people that follow really specific routines. They eat the same five to 10 things. They love the strict guidelines. They love tracking every little thing. So it really is about what works for you. And you'll see that's really the theme throughout this podcast. So I wanted Morgan on to also hopefully inspire you or motivate you. I know January 1st, everyone gets super inspired, joins the gym, downloads the apps, looks up workouts, whatever they need to do. And then all of a sudden, February comes around and they lose a little motivation. And then all of a sudden by March and April, people are like, I'm over this. I'm going to cancel my membership or I didn't even start. So why should I start now? I think it's really important to realize that time is just something that exists to have structure. So just because it's April 1st, doesn't mean that your body knows that it's April 1st. It just knows that it's another day. So you can really get inspired any time of year, day, month, whatever. And I wanted her on to motivate you and take charge of your health. So something to remember too, is that everything she says is not the number one scientifically backed Bible, absolute works for everyone thing that you have to do. For example, some people might have genetic issues where something like eating gluten won't work for them, or some people might have to go vegan for dietary reasons. So we need to remember that. So this is more of, hey, I just want to listen, get her take on it, start small, make some healthy changes here and there, and really listening to your gut. Again, I think you guys will like Morgan because she really, really comes from the point of view of do what works for you. She doesn't shove anything down your throat. So I think you'll like what she has to say. With that, let's jump into today's episode and hear from Morgan herself. Hi, Morgan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good, but I have a burning question that I need to ask because it just popped up in my head. I recently was eating Mexican, which is some of my favorite cuisine, and I was having salsa, veggies, and fajitas, um, like fajita veggies and steak, but then I was having chips. And so I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay you know, veggies are actually really healthy. Salsa is healthy. It's just veggies. And then meat, steak, it's a pretty healthy meal, except the chips. So I'm wondering if I eat chips and then all the other healthy stuff, does that cancel it out? Like, am I getting any nutrients from what I just ate? How does that work? So you're definitely getting nutrients, but my first question to you would be, were you eating this out at a restaurant or did you home make this? Out at a restaurant. Okay, because then, yes, you're right in the sense when you say salsa can be healthy, but normally out at a restaurant, it is not going to be so healthy. It's going to be loaded with sodium. And in terms of, you know, are you still getting the nutrients? Yes, it's not that a bad food cancels everything out. But, you know, adding those chips is not going to make it as healthy. You probably added on a few hundred calories by doing that. So now I would always tell everyone I prefer you to eat than to not eat always. That's always going to be the answer. But, you know, maybe you would do something like you'd get the steak fajita 
And I th- I'm a big believer in balance and enjoying life. So maybe you have a few chips, but you really try not to, you know, eat the whole bucket of chips, you know, have the steak fajita. That was a great choice. Steak, veggies. You're certainly right that, you know, those are whole foods. And for eating out, that's a great option. But you just want to have the bad stuff in moderation, you know. Don't go crazy on all of it because the next thing you know, you added an extra, you know, 500 calories and that stuff really adds up in the end. Oh, so I can't eat two baskets of chips, even though. I mean, not out at a restaurant, you know, there's, there's a lot of organic chip options and healthy chips that I buy at the grocery store. You know, Siete chips are some of my absolute favorite because I love Mexican food myself and who doesn't love chips every now and then, but it's just the quality and the brand and the ingredients. You know, it makes a big difference. I'm huge in, you know, enjoying the foods you love still. You just have to find a healthier way to do that. I just bought the Siete chips, actually. So I need to give those a try. I got them at something called Earth Fairs. It's like a Whole Foods where I'm from. So I'm excited to try those. Okay, so now that we've cleared that up, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what is organic lifestyle? Yeah, so, you know, I fell in love with health, fitness, wellness, probably like 15 years old when I was in high school. You know, I grew up a dancer, so I was always an active person. I took a weightlifting class in high school, and I absolutely fell in love with the lifestyle. And ever since then, it's kind of just been, like I just said, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's never been only working out or a strict diet for me. My whole thing is, you know, showing people how you can do this for the long term. I think especially in our society, everyone's looking for the quick fix and everyone's doing things to look a certain way. And it's not only about the way you look, the looks will come. It's about the way you feel and the way that you can achieve health and happiness, you know, throughout your life, through balance. You know, I'm very, very big on mindset. I majored in psychology in school and I apply that to every single thing that I do. And I got into personal training in college I'm doing it now. I'm, you know, I very much do a lot of cooking as well and kind of just sharing with everyone, you know, the full 360 approach to health and wellness. You have to take care of your mind just as much as you take care of everything else. So just, it's a way of life. Absolutely. I love that. And I have been all over the place when it comes to health and fitness. Like, I mean, you and I went to FSU. We know Uh that the food (laughs) options there were not great, especially if you lived in a sortie house. We were basically eating pasta and dairy every night as well as fried fridays which was an official name for the food served at friday (laughs) friday lunches and so that was my college journey and just like drinking seven days a week eating like shit and then after i lost a ton of weight by tracking my food and doing kickboxing and yoga then i moved to chicago i gained a lot of it back and then i was going to brunch every weekend pretty much drinking all the time started my full-time job, joined about four different gyms. So that is not recommended to try and get out of four different gym contracts. But it really was, yeah, all over the place. And I would say in the last like maybe year, year and a half, I've finally found some type of balance and realized, like you said, it's a lifestyle. This isn't something where I'm going to go sign up for a month of a certain type of class or fitness program my body's going to change and then I'm going to stop doing it. That's actually the mistake I made the first time was I pretty much hit my like goal body. I felt so good. I was like the most confident I've ever been. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I can go back to just eating the way I was. Yeah. People go to such extremes and it's not realistic. And it's like, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've realized over like the last few years and dealing with different types of clients and honestly still going through this journey myself. Like I, I'm, I'm going through it myself. I'm living this lifestyle too. I'm by no means perfect is that you have to separate what motivates you and what drives you because motivation only will last so long. You know, say you have a a cruise coming up. Okay. That's, that's motivation. You're going to, you know, nose to the grind. You're going to track your food. You're going to work out like crazy. Most of the time people overdo it and then they get on the cruise and they, like you just said, they're like, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. So you have to dig a little bit deeper and find what drives you. And that is what will keep the consistent lifestyle. And that can, that can consist of a little alcohol every now and then and a little chocolate and a little, you know, it's balanced. You can't be so extreme. It's only going to last so long. Right. And that's the issue. Like you said, it's like, okay, we have spring break coming up or a vacation and then you go and then everything goes out the window and then you have to start all over from square one. And I think Mm -hmm. what motivates me is like, I don't want to keep starting over at square one, you know, like it's so annoying to get back on the wagon every time. I'd rather just like you said, have a few bad days and I don't even like to call it bad anymore. That's something that 
in the past, I was very like, this is really good. This is really bad. Oh, I had two really bad days. I suck. I I don't know what I'm doing. I go in a dark hole. So for someone like me, there's a lot of people with that mindset. Like I said, I feel like I'm just starting to figure out that it's that lifestyle, not a quick fix. But there's a lot of people that think I've already just been living like this. This is my body. You know, I just got to deal with it. I I can't really make changes. I'm too old or I'm too busy. Like, how do you break that mindset or at least push through and try and get on the wagon? Yeah. I mean, what you kind of just said that like, you know, talking about like the self-talk, like that is so, so important for the long term. like not using like, oh, it's a bad day. You know, those things are so important to just keep going. And I think just, I myself have realized that you know, you can be on the best program working with the best trainers and be tracking your macros. You can have a meal plan, but if your mind is not right, none of that stuff is going to consistently go. So, I mean, recently, like as of like two weeks ago, actually, I started journaling and that's been something that has helped me with the mindset so, so much. Cause I'm pretty good on the workouts and the eating. I've been doing it for so long now. It's just habits. But, you know, from time to time, I myself will even catch myself having, you know, maybe some negative thoughts or we compare ourselves. And, you know, it's it's very easy to do that, especially this day and age of social media. So journaling every morning, I'll do it in the form of either writing it down or a video journal so I can hear myself. And that's something that really, you know, reminds myself of my my why every single day. It keeps me accountable and it keeps my mind right. And I think keeping the mindset in a positive way moving forward is just key for the long-term success. So holding yourself accountable, talking about it with people and, you know, being okay with cheating and not viewing it as a bad day as you're human. It's okay. Just don't go overboard, you know, everything in moderation, consistency, and just keep going. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up journaling because that's something that I've been really taking up too. I have been raving about this app. People probably think I like work for them now because I've been talking about it so much, (laughs) but it's called Spar and it's an accountability app. And I've joined like a million different challenges. I'm in like a workout challenge, a cook a new recipe challenge. And one of them is journaling. And that's the one that I've consistently joined. And so I pretty much filled out all these different pages now in my journal and it's really helped me. But I would say there's this weird, like not stigma, but I guess view of journaling that you have to be writing like three pages a day, 30 minutes, sitting with your thoughts. And I'm like, no, some days I literally bullet out five things that I'm grateful for. And that's my journal. So I want to hear about your experience. What are you doing when you're journaling and trying to keep that positive mindset? Yeah. So honestly, same thing at first, you know, I kept seeing all these people journaling and they would post all these pictures of their beautiful journal with their great handwriting. And I was like, Oh wow. And I, I started looking up like, you know, what, like I know myself, I wanted to journal about, you know, self-improvement, you know, self-love, the way I feel about myself, my business. So I started looking up, you know, different prompts for that. And I started reading and I'm like, there's a ton of different questions you can ask yourself. So now it's kind of just been based off what I need for that day. You know, I know people, I may get to the point where I have two separate journals, one for business and one for like self-reflection, but uh, some days it's, yeah, it's a bullet point of things I'm grateful for. Some days it's like the actions that I'm going to take to serve others that day, because my industry is very much for the service of others. And then my video ones that I've been doing have been more kind of just like reflections on that day. You know, like last night I took a video of myself and I was kind of just talking about, you know, my day and where I felt like I could have improved and, you know, my, my mindset through it all. And it's, it's crazy because as you're doing it, especially the video one for me, I realize so much about myself as I'm filming it. And then I look back and to be able to see my expressions as I'm realizing it, it's a crazy thing. And yeah, people at first, you know, you may be like, this is so weird. Like I'm filming, I'm talking to myself. Like I was speaking to myself in my room. <laughs> it's it crazy. But honestly, it's like, if it's going to help your mental mindset that much more, and you're going to go out into the world with like knowing where you're at, what you want and be able to spread that light. I mean, I would take that over, you know, being upset and down and confused any day. So if journaling helps people do that, I say, let's all journal. (laughs) Absolutely. And now you're doing personal training. And I think that's another thing that's really scary for people to hear. I think when people hear that word, you almost seem like you have to be a celebrity to hire a personal trainer or you have to have a ton of money Um, and guarantee like there are different trainers that cost different rates. But to you, 
when someone is signing up with you, like why should someone look into a personal trainer versus let's say doing classes or doing workouts on their own at home or on YouTube? Like why personal training for you? Right. Well, you know, I'll start off by saying any movement is better than no movement. So I always encourage people, you know, if you're not doing anything, go walk on the treadmill, take a class. That is great for sure. But when it comes to personal training, you know, I know there's different things where you can get, you know, groups of classes and people think, okay, I'm going to go take a high intensity one twice a week. Then I'm going to do a strength one. Then I'm going to do a yoga. And while that's great, yes, there's a lot of science that factors into your programming. You know, you can get to the point where you're overtraining and you're not giving your body adequate rest. And that's actually going to hurt you making, you know, the physical quote unquote gains that you want to make. So, you know, with my clients, I will sit down and I'll make them a program based off their goals. Sometimes it'll be hypertrophy, muscle building. Sometimes it'll be strength. Sometimes we have to take more of like a therapy type approach. You know, I have a client that I'm meeting with for the first time on Thursday who has structural scoliosis. So there's going to be a lot of different approaches I'm taking with that, but it's also each person's moves differently. You know, a lot of people have muscle imbalances, you know, when, when one person squats, maybe their knees go in and when the other person squats, maybe their back arches. So it's like, how can everyone be on the same program and be reaching their goals? Having a personal trainer really helps not only with form, your programming, continuing to see results, but my biggest thing is preventing injury. Because like I said in the beginning, this is a lifestyle and I don't know about you, but I want to be lifting weights and moving and feeling good in my 80s. So that's the biggest thing for me. So, I mean, a personal trainer really can just put you on a program, keep you accountable, you know, plan, do all the the crazy tracking that maybe you don't have the knowledge or you don't have the time to do. Like I come in with a clipboard and I'm tracking every single thing with my clients. That's amazing. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize when you're evaluating a personal trainer you should be asking really specific questions. So from your standpoint, what are some of the best questions you've had? Or I guess not best questions, but more of if I'm going and I don't know anything about personal training, I just decided, all right, I'm ready to start a fitness journey. I know I want to, you know, either tone up or lose weight, whatever it is. What should you go in and what should you be looking for when evaluating a personal trainer? Yeah. So, you know, normally the first thing I talk to my clients about is like we said in the beginning is like the mental side, because that's kind of, that's everything. I try to find out your, your why, you know, if it's because you're really just prepping for spring break in two weeks, then I try to teach my clients a little bit more about the importance of everything. So I think one is, you know, feeling out, you know, do you have a trainer that cares about you? Because starting a fitness journey, especially if you're stepping foot in a gym or anything, it's a lot more than just going in and doing the workouts. There's a lot of emotion that goes into it, you know, to consistently wake up, you know, twice, three times a week and go do this for the long term. Like you want not just someone who's going to track everything with the clipboard. You want someone who's going to feel you on all days of the week. When you had a bad day at work, when you didn't sleep good the night before, someone who's going to relate to you on so many levels because it's, it's a personal thing, hence, you know, personal training. So, you know, having someone that just kind of has that empathy, that understanding, someone that's a good coach that can truly coach you through all of these things. And then I think, you know, look into the credentials they have, the education they have. I think a trainer who thinks they know everything knows absolutely nothing. I will be the first to admit that I don't know everything. I am constantly learning from other trainers. I'm going to seminars. I am studying I am, you know, sometimes I'll have a client and maybe I've never encountered that problem before, but I don't have a doubt in my mind that I will figure out how to fix it. So I think having a trainer who's, you know, hungry for knowledge and is just constantly bettering themselves and someone who practices what they preach. I mean, there's nothing worse than, I'm sure you've seen them before, the, the lazy trainers that don't work out themselves and go to McDonald's after their sessions. And it's kind of like, what? Right. You know, how is someone like that going to motivate me and know what it takes? So I think all of those things are important things to look out for, for sure. Now, we all know nutrition plays a big role in fitness overall, but is there something that you believe in when it comes to health and wellness and fitness? For example, a lot of people are like, oh, it's 80% food, 20% exercise. And some people are like, oh, track every single day, every meal. Some people say just sweat every day and it'll all work out. Like, is there a specific mantra or something like that that you follow or believe in? 
My my mantra that I follow and believe in is finding what works for you, being realistic, what you can maintain for the long term. You know, yes, there are different diets that may work better for certain people. And yes, there is the side when it's like if you're training for strength, let's say, and you're putting up heavy, heavy numbers, you have to be sure you are eating enough to support that physical activity. But sometimes, you know, tracking may be good for some people. Maybe you have a job or you're traveling all the time and tracking isn't good for you. So I, I take each client and I speak to them differently depending on their lifestyle. I think you have to match what's best for your lifestyle, you know? So I think just setting realistic goals because there's nothing worse than like we said, you know, you get on this hardcore diet, you're so good. And then you have to travel for work and you fall off and then that's going to create a lot of negative mental repercussions and that's only going to hinder your success. So being realistic and just doing what you can stick to. That's, that's my mantra. That's amazing because something that I always see is a a one size fits all approach. Like you said, everyone wants a quick fix. Everyone sees a fad diet. Uh, You know, they just see, Oh, okay, well this person, it worked for them. So I'm going to do the same thing. And to your point earlier, like, you might have a past injury. You might have a genetic issue that you didn't realize is hindering you from success. So I'm curious because there's just so much conflicting info out there. Like even with eggs, like we hear eggs are bad. We hear eggs are good. We hear eat five every day. There's so much information out there. How can someone who really like isn't privy to that information, for example, I'm listening to podcasts all the time. I'm always following fitness Instagrammers and things like that. But how can we actually understand what works for us if we have no idea? Right. No. And I agree with you, especially when it comes to nutrition. New science is always coming out. Things are always changing. Try this diet. Try that. And yeah, on Instagram, you know, every single person is, you know, they can put whatever they want in their bio. They're an expert. They're a quote influencer. So I think being careful where you get your sources from, you know, try to look into people's credentials you know, do an extra Google search on them. If you found someone and you love the way they display their content, you know, nothing wrong with people who are just out there motivating with no credentials, but just be, be careful of the information you get, you know, and when it comes to nutrition, my biggest thing is stick to whole foods and get a variety. And I am definitely pro going and seeing a professional, like registered dietitian, for sure. You can get a food sensitivity test done. You can go talk to them about different types of foods, you know, I have a good dietitian friend and I speak to her a lot about things because they're keeping up with the research that's coming out. That's part of their job. You know, yet I'm very interested in nutrition. I'm always reading things too, but you know, maybe I didn't know, you know, recently, not too long ago, I actually learned that, you know, when you cook with olive oil at a high temperature, it turns into the bad fats. So that's something that I've learned not that long ago. So it's little things that just going to credible people and, you know, don't go to just random websites that, you know, talk about dumb fad diets and make sure you're getting your your resources from credible things and you keep talking about what works for you like just do what works for you so i'm curious what works for you like what are you seeing success with yeah so i mean i i love food (laughs) i am very much a foodie and um i love chocolate i have chocolate almost every single night that's something that i found you know i i don't want to give up i have like a square every single night and for me i like to you know eat about five meals a day i keep it whole foods i try to focus on including carbs protein and fat into my meals you know i I focus on color i focus on variety like a lot of people when they go to the grocery store you know i do my grocery shopping on sundays so say they go to the grocery store and I think people stress over clean eating so much because they're like, oh, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to make a healthy chicken parm. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to make an, you get to the grocery store and you probably have like a Thanksgiving style list and that's just not realistic. So I go and I always pick about, you know, three to four vegetables. I try to switch it up every week. I do kind of get Brussels sprouts a lot because I love them. And then I get a few healthy meats, you know, I'll get a nice filet, some salmon, some chicken switch it up. And then I, you know, I get some brown rice, some quinoa. I try to stick to like the different food groups, switch up. And then as the week goes on, I just kind of wing it. And I try to include carbs, protein, and fat in every meal, about five meals a day. I would say my first one's a little bit bigger than I have more of like a snack type meal, maybe like, you know, two tablespoons, almond butter and apple. Then I have a decent lunch, another snack type thing. And then I have my dinner. I drink a lot of water, you know, depending on your activity level too. 
if you moved a lot more that day and you're hungry, eat more. If you're hungry, it's a sign that your body is working, your metabolism's going. You know, I think listening to your body, sometimes that could be tracking at first for people. Like I know me, when I started tracking my food, it opened my eyes into how much I really need to eat to support the activity I was doing. And now I'm at the point where I don't have to track. If I go on vacation, I, I kind of know. You know, you get to know foods and you get to, I think tracking is a great way to kind of show you portions of foods. And depending on your goals, if you're competing in a competition, you you have to track everything for sure. But if you're just trying to, you know, stay in shape and live your life, I think finding that moderation. For me, it's five small meals a day, whole foods. And that works really well for me. You get to cook the things you like. Like if I like barbecue, I'm going to eat barbecue. I just find a healthier way to make it. I think that's really important because who wants to eat plain foods every day? I, I mean, I don't. Right. I think that's so important. I think actually when I lost the most weight and not even lost weight, but just like felt the best about myself was because I didn't feel restricted. Like you said, if I wanted a quesadilla, I would just make it a healthier way or right. I would go out to eat and just be mindful of the portions. So I was never like, wow, that sucked. Like, I can't believe I had to go through that to get where I was. And so that's something that that I wish people would maybe take more into account that you don't have to be eating a salad and a smoothie every single day. Like that's not sustainable. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I want to get really, really specific now as it comes to a personal plan. So you were just talking about tracking. Let's talk about apps or websites or things that people use to track. Like what are some of your favorites or things that you've seen clients? um, It works with them. Yeah. So when I am tracking, I mean, my, my favorite is my fitness pal. And especially because it remembers the food. So like if you eat the same type of foods, but you know, I eat avocado daily, I eat, you know, Ezekiel bread, whatever it has that it saves it in the library. So that makes it really easy. You have the ability to create your own foods. Um, so that's really great. My fitness pal, it's just, it's a great app, you know, and you can buy to get the premium or whatever. And that really will, you can customize the macros there. So you can go to the grams, the percentages that if you're really trying to look for an app that is like a one-stop shop for everything, that's the one that I've found is just absolutely incredible. Okay. Let's take a step back. I'm going to, we need to pretend that I am an alien that just landed on planet earth and I've never heard about macros I've never heard about tracking. Uh-huh. I don't know what I don't know what any of this means. So for someone that is like, okay, I, I got my fitness pal and they're tracking, what are macros? Like let's break that down so that people really understand why tracking is so important. Right. And you know that's so funny because everyone in my family is always like, What's a macro? My brother the other day was like, How many macros are in mac and cheese? Oh <laughs> like, my god. No. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so your macros are your three main macronutrients, your carbs, your protein, and your fat. And now depending on your goals or what you need, you know, and that's why I always will say consult with a registered dietitian because some people may have sensitivities more or less of something, you know, as a trainer, you are allowed to prescribe macros, but I am very careful of that. And I think you need to be consult with your registered dietitian, your physician before any of that. But there's certain percentages that you may need based off your goals. You know, if you are strength training, you need some more carbs, especially post-workout. So, you know, maybe you do 40% carbs. You can set your percentages. You're doing, you know, 20% protein. I I don't know the percentages you want to do. And then it gives you the grams that based off your calories, you know, say you're eating 1,800 calories and you set percentages of those three macronutrients based off at 800 calories, then it'll give you grams. Now, carbs are four grams per calorie, same with protein and fat is nine. So that's why you'll often find that higher fat foods are going to be more caloric dense. You know, a little thing of almonds, why is it so many calories? Well, because it's nine grams. So it gets, it gets pretty sciencey. Some people get confused, but you know, you can have someone help you set those calculations on my fitness pal or on a sheet, whatever you want to use. And then you just start tracking the grams. And it's like, like I said, it's a very good way to start being mindful of portions. And, you know, the one thing I do want to say, though, is that a lot of people, when they start tracking macros, they do what's called flexible dieting. 
And they'll basically fill all their macros with everything that has a nutritional nutrition label. So that could be a cookie because, hey, I can track the carbs and the protein and the fat or a bunch of stuff with labels. And although, yes, flexible dieting, there's a, there's a time and a place if you're out and you don't have an option, at least you know the calories you're getting and you're staying within that range. Because at the end of the day, that'll help you maintain your weight, yes, but we're not only focused on that. We're focused on the quality and the nutrients because we're trying to fuel our body from the inside out. So I really recommend having some flexibility, yes, but you still want to track with whole real foods. And in that case, you do that by weighing out your food and finding the stats for that particular food. So it's a lot of work. It's not for everyone. Some people though, type A, you know, they like it and it it teaches them a lot. Like I said, it taught me like, oh my God, I can eat this many carbs, like bowls of pasta on the regular. So I think it's a great thing. Yes. And, and breaking that down further, something that I feel like people have issues with is because this is a very old mindset was you need to stay under X amount of calories a day. So let's say I download my fitness pal, I have all my macros calculated, and all of a sudden it says you need to be eating 1,800 calories a day, and I was under the impression I was supposed to be eating 1,000 calories a day. How important are calories, or should you really just be focusing on macros? Like, How do we break that mindset that it's all about calories? Like you said, if you could eat 100 calorie cookies, then people would just fill their whole day up with 10 cookies. So do you pay attention to that? Yeah, I mean, you have to definitely pay attention to both. And I find that a lot of people, especially young girls, are under eating so much. It is insane. So there's something called your BMR, which is basically the amount of calories that you were to burn at rest if you were to just sit in bed all day and not even lift a finger. And a lot of people are eating under that amount. So, you know, my BMR is close to, let's just say, 1,400 that's the amount of calories I would have burned if I were to do nothing. Now I work out, I move, I walk my dog. So not only do I need to be eating to maintain my BMR, but I need to be eating more to maintain my activity level. And if I'm constantly burning more than I'm eating, I'm going to be, yes, losing weight. And yes, that is a way to lose weight. But what people don't understand is if you are constantly in that state, you're putting your body in starvation mode and your body is working so hard to maintain itself that you are slowing down metabolism. And this is exactly how a lot of people will lose a bunch of weight. And then the second little bit more, they gain twice the weight back because the damage they did to their metabolism. So my biggest thing is everyone figure out your BMR, figure out your activity level, have an idea of how much you need to be eating and eat that much because it may feel like a lot in the beginning. And you may be like, what? All of a sudden I went from a thousand calories to 1800 calories. This is crazy, but you got to feel your body for your activity level. You'll feel better. Your brain will function better. Your workouts will be better. You'll, that's how you're actually going to build that muscle. That's truly going to burn that fat versus just eating less and losing weight to gain it all back. You definitely have to hit a certain amount of calories. And then like the question you asked, does it come down to the macros? Yeah, you can't fill all those calories with carbs because that's all going to turn into, you know, glycogen and sugar. So you have to, you have to have that balance. And that's why I say five small meals, try to include a good combination of carbs, protein, fat, you know, if you, if you're doing a hard workout, you want to eat more carbs after that workout to replenish it. So just being mindful of all of those variables and eat, eat, eat whole real foods. <laughs> now let's say I have my macros all set. How do I go about figuring what fits into them? Like, are there recipes somewhere? Is there a resource that you use? Like, because I've done the tracking thing before where I get overwhelmed because I have no idea how to actually fill my macros or fit in my points or whatever the case is. And so I'm curious, how do you even get started there? Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people fill it in with like, you know, labeled foods because it has all the macros on the back. So they just scan it and it's easy. So the only other way to do it is to weigh out your whole foods. You know, like you put a piece of avocado on a plate on a scale. That's why my fitness pal is so great. Type in avocado And, you know, you have to be careful which one you select because some are completely off. But if you do some research, you Google, you kind of see generally 
what the nutrition facts are for an avocado. Sometimes on my fitness pal, it'll have a little check by it. And that confirms that that's the legitimate one. And then, you know, you would add 40 grams avocado. Then maybe you put your chicken. I do my chicken when it's already cooked. I'll, you know, I'll do five ounces of, you know, cooked chicken breast. And you do that. Now, there are recipes out there. Like, I am actually working on some right now that are going to include all of the macros. And in order to do that, I weighed out everything raw before I cooked it. I took it into account, you know, the changes when I cooked it. So there's recipes you can find online with macros included. But I think the easiest way is just weigh out your food before you cook it or after. And you can find a cooked version that, you know, maybe close to accurate. You're never going to be exact. But yeah, weighing out the food with the scale is the way that you would go upon doing that. And what about like recipes or ideas that like, is there a resource or anything that says, oh, if you have to hit... 50% carbs, here are some things that you can cook. Like, do you use anything like that? I don't because I'm very much, you know, I'm pretty structured in the gym and my life and, you know, cleaning and everything that when I come to cooking, cooking is one of those things for me that it's, it's my creative outlet. So I kind of just go in the kitchen and some days, like I told you on Sunday, I buy, you know, a few veggies, a few meats, a few greens, and I have no clue (laughs) what I'm really going to do. When I am tracking my macros, you know, I'll look at what I kind of have left for the day. And I'm just like, okay, I got a good amount of fat. Let me grab an avocado. Um, I have some, you know, 40 grams of protein left. Let me get some chicken going. And then I just kind of switch it up with my seasonings. Now, I am mindful of not adding a bunch of unnecessary macros and calories with my seasonings. I'll go for things like basil, oregano. I cook with a lot of Himalayan salt. There's a lot of health benefits there. Sometimes I play with like curry and I just like switch up a lot of spices. That's an easy way to change the flavor. I cook with a lot of grapeseed oil. Coconut aminos are something that I've recently been absolutely in love with. I cook my filet mignon with coconut aminos. I do cauliflower rice and coconut aminos. It's like 70% less sodium than soy sauce. And who doesn't love the taste of soy sauce? Like, So yeah, I don't really follow anything. I kind of just wing it, but I definitely have my go-to of things that I use a lot to cook that I know aren't going to add on so much unnecessary calories and sugar. And, you know, you have to be mindful of stuff you're cooking. Right. Well, that brings me to a question around ideas around breakfast, lunch, dinners, and snacks. Can you actually lay out, let's say, three ideal breakfasts, three lunches, three dinners, and three snacks that you'd recommend to someone that's really trying to clean up their habits? And again, I want to look at this from someone that is really unmotivated, like just trying to get started. They they don't even really know a lot about health and fitness. So, you know, talking about green smoothies that might be like, whoa, I, I you know, just got done eating a McDonald's hash brown. Like that's what their right. mindset is. So right. someone, again, that's coming from that point of view, what are three things for each of those meals that you would recommend? Yeah. So I think, like you said, they're not going to make the jump. We, we have to keep it tasty. We got to keep it good. So This morning, I mean, what I had this morning was absolutely delicious. I had two pieces of toast. You know, I would say, hey, start off, maybe not Ezekiel, just pick a whole wheat toast. Let's start there. You know, going to put some avocado on that. And I had a little bit of Nova on top of that. Now I paired it with some egg whites. Maybe they want to pair it with some eggs. That'd be a higher fat breakfast. But avocado, Nova, you have a lot of flavors going on there. You know, Nova tastes a little buttery. You got that mush of the avocado. So it's interesting. That's fun. And also it's pretty quick. You toast the bread, smear the avocado, put the Nova on very, very quick. You know, another healthy one is find a good healthy cereal you like, you know, uh, you know, people starting off special K has a lot of great tasting flavors. Um, I believe it's called like cascade farms or something. They make an organic cinnamon toast crunch. So, well, yes, that's going to be more sugar, but starting off, Hey, that's a way that's a healthier switch than from regular cinnamon toast crunch with a lot of, you know, bad ingredients in there. So it's like, you want to steer clear of, you know, high fructose corn syrup. And it's like, I would tell the person, Hey, let's start off by just getting better ingredients in your diet. And let's try to add carbs, protein, fat. So with a, with a bowl of cereal like that, we have a good amount of carbs. We have some fat. Now I would maybe add, Hey, can we add two hard boiled eggs? Maybe that's easy. That's simple. We'll add that in. Another thing that could be great is, um, you know, Kodak cakes, it makes like protein waffles 
and they have them in the freezer and, you know, maybe they're not homemade in that, but that's easy. That's quick. They're protein waffles. I would say instead of syrup and butter, like you're used to, let's top it with almond butter and drizzle it with a little honey. Now, someone who doesn't eat healthy, that probably sounds pretty good to them right now. You know, you get some protein waffles in there with some almond butter and honey, like that's decent. Now we're on our way to a healthier start. So I think those could be some easy breakfast ideas starting off. Um, when it comes to snacks, you know, I'm, I love apples, almond butter, um, rice cakes. Now people hear rice cakes and they're like, are you kidding me? That's cardboard. But Lundberg Farms, I hope I'm saying that right, they make organic ones and they have so many amazing flavors. They have cinnamon toast crunch, they have like apple pie, they have kettle corn. So that's a great carby snack. And then just finding like a little protein thing to pair with it. You know, they have a lot of tuna packets out there that are like lemon pepper. Those are like packed with protein. Some have like 25 grams of protein. Um, you know, finding a shake you like pre-making that I think depending on your day too like can you have snacks where you have to keep them cold you know and you have a work environment where you have a fridge if that's the case Greek yogurt bring a little granola throw it in there some nuts at your desk those are great options um lunch you know I would stick to quinoa is great there's these things that I buy when I'm in a rush they're called like minute cups and it's already portioned out, so that's great. You take off the, the top, you pop it in the microwave for one minute, and it's organic quinoa, brown rice. Throw that into a bowl with a little bit of chicken, avocado, some broccoli, you know, just whole foods. Like sometimes when I'm getting a sweet craving in the middle of the day too, I'll do a sweet potato with almond butter, and that's delicious. Sprinkle a little cinnamon on that. And then when it comes to dinner, you know, you can make a huge monster salad bunch of things in it but for someone who doesn't like vegetables they may be like eh, negative so like we said make some healthy steak fajitas siete has some amazing um mini tortillas you can make some fillets slice it up do some fajita veggies they sell them like i know pre-made in the grocery store that was some steak put it in the fajita and that's a healthy dinner option so i think for dinner too you know have fun with it that's your time maybe the day's over you're like, hey, I'm going to make the healthy chicken parm or the healthy fajita. So just sticking to Whole Foods, I think those are some easy options. And finding, like I said, the things like the minute cups and maybe the pre-made hard-boiled eggs or make a lot on Sunday. Try to set yourself up for convenience because I think that'll help you too because you're going to be like, oh, this is a hassle. You know, you got to make it to where it's easy for you. Absolutely. I am... I'm just now getting into cooking again for myself. But even then, I'm like, I really don't want to spend an hour cooking. I don't want to, you know, wait for the oven to heat up for 30 minutes, another 30 minutes of cooking. Now I need to go marinate this. Like, I need dinner within 15, 20, 30 minutes or else I'm turned off. So mm-hmm. I'm also curious about alternatives. Like, we were talking about instead of eating this, eat that. What are, let's say three things for like pasta and bread, because those are, you know, some of the bigger things that people have trouble getting out of their diet that we can look at to eat still. So it feels like reading pasta or bread, but maybe are a little healthier options. Right. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm pro pasta and bread. Like I say, it's all the ingredients in the brand. So like I like Ezekiel bread. Um, there is a pasta, you know, if you are sensitive to gluten, they have like brown rice pasta, but just a whole wheat penne is fine. Now, if you aren't wanting to do those things at all, um, Trader Joe's often, it's one of my favorite places for this Whoa. reason. They make like butternut squash spirals. So like it'll be the shape of a pasta, but it's not pasta. They'll have pre-made zucchini noodles, you know, cauliflower pizza dough. So Trader Joe's has a lot of those cool options. Like nowadays, they're, the grocery stores are doing crazy things with making vegetables into those types of foods. So, I mean, looking into that could be a fun way. But like I said, I'm definitely pro, pro-carbs. pro So it's just finding good ingredients. I'm glad you brought up Trader Joe's because they do do so many alternatives. And something I found recently was black bean pasta and red lentil pasta. And literally the ingredients are just like those two things. There's like absolutely nothing else. There's no 20 different things you can't pronounce. And so, you know, obviously that that's okay if there's only one or two ingredients. 
Um, Like you said, don't go overboard. It's hard not to eat the whole thing because it's so good. But it's something that I'm like, oh, I don't have to eliminate pasta. It literally is the texture of pasta. Tastes like pasta. I put olive oil and some, you know, spices on it and I'm good to go. Right. And it's beans. So it's still going to have that carb. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, what you just said is so important, like reading the ingredients. You know, the first three ingredients, if you can't pronounce them, there's a problem. And I'll never forget. I read when I first kind of got into health and fitness, I read um, Jillian Michaels book, Master Your Metabolism. And she said something in the book. If it doesn't have a mom and didn't come from the ground, don't eat it. Oh, that's that's something I share with a lot of my clients because it just makes so much sense and simplifies everything. So when you pick something up, if it didn't have a mom and it didn't come from the ground, don't eat it. Then you avoid a lot of processed things. And that's so easy. So like the pasta you got, you looked at the ingredients, they're all real. You can pronounce them all. So I would say, yes, check. That's good. Put it in your cart, you know? Now, what about personal training and eating for women versus men because obviously women we have different hormones our bodies are totally different when you get new clients do you actually look at that and say okay this is a female i have to train her a bit differently than a male or what is your approach to that so i mean it's in terms of nutrition i always recommend this to a dietitian women tend to need a little bit more healthy fats than men but things could be different depending on your age and certain people have, you know, could have a thyroid problem. A lot of things could be going on. So I try to refer those outward when it comes to training. It really, it depends on the person's goal. You know, if I have a lot, if I have an older client who has a lot of movement restrictions, I'm going to, you know, treat those directly, but say I just have your general, you know, middle-aged client and she's a girl and I have a guy and he comes to me, I'm going to pretty much train them the same because people out there think, I'm a girl. I don't want to lift weights. I'm going to get big. I'm going to get bulky. That is not true. It is impossible. We can only get so big. Now, if you're overeating and you're eating a bunch of crap, yeah, you're going to get out of shape. But the body, it works one way. You build muscle, you burn fat. A lot of people out there too talk about, I want to be toned. I want to be toned. And although I get what they mean by that, they want to have like a lean figure, minimal fat, the thing is, you cannot tone a muscle. You either, the body, you know, the body works as one. It doesn't know, hey, you want to look this way, you want to look that way. It just does its thing. The body's incredible. Do so you either build muscle or you shrink muscle? You build muscle, the more muscle you have, the more fat you're going to burn, the more quote unquote toned you're going to look. So I train my females the same way I train my males. And the way I train myself, I go in and I work out with guys all the time. Now the weights we put up, maybe different sometimes sometimes I get pretty close but you know it's you build muscle you burn fat so I'm very big on strength training you know a lot of different variations but at the same time stick to the big compound lifts the squat deadlift the bench press incorporating a lot of single leg training single arm training challenge your core in a different way you know a lot of people think too you have to do a lot of you know You want to run, run, run and do a bunch of abs. Really, if you're lifting heavy and with good technique, you're always working your core. One of my favorite core exercises is a carry, which people will be like, wait, you're just picking up something heavy and walking that's working your abs. Yeah, that is really stabilizing everything. So I really don't treat any two clients the same that are on the same level different when it comes to male or female. I mean, psychologically... If I'm putting someone on a program, I'm not going to be with them. Maybe I'll be a little bit more mindful that maybe the girl won't want to, you know, be setting up this huge, heavy thing because now I'm 5'3 and a 45 pound plate is kind of like half my body. So sometimes it's a little con- like inconvenient to lift things up and move it around. So when creating programs, I'll take in those psychological factors in mind of what's going to make someone comfortable. But in terms of exercise selection, it's it's the same. You build muscle, you burn fat, you make gains and improves your hormones. It's pretty simple. Something that you said, which was really interesting, was about the toning up. And a lot of people think, oh, I want to go to a personal trainer to just work on my arms. I want, you know, my muscles popping or I want that that booty that everyone sees on Instagram. And so if someone comes to you and says that, do you say, okay, we'll get you there, but keep in mind, like we are also going to be working full body or is there a program you design for that? Like, I'm curious how you deal with clients that that come in with those requests. Right. And yes, and I get it so much, especially young girls. Like, 
hey, I don't want to get big. I just, you know, my legs are already big. I just want to work on my arms. And then I'm, I'm very careful the way I say it because, you know, people don't know. And like we said, it's it's no one's fault. If you go on Instagram, it is so confusing. You get so much information out there. And I completely understand. But I try to explain to people, you can't spot reduce. Like the body doesn't know, hey, let's shut off everything else. We're only going to target the arms today, body. Like, no, it doesn't know that. If you want to burn fat in your legs, building muscle in your chest is going to help because the more muscle you have overall, the more you're going to burn your fat sources. And your fat sources, maybe you may carry more fat in your lower body and your upper body. So I try to explain to people, you can't spot reduce. I have a, a lower body program out there and I'll tell people, hey, it's, it's three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, though, don't not train your upper body. That's important to do, too. So I think, you know, not neglecting anything because one thing is going to compensate for another if you don't. You have to train the body as a whole. And that's why over the years, like, my view on training has changed so much. When I first got into it, I wanted to work out to look a certain way. Now it's to move a certain way. Like, you know, Maybe training your adductors isn't the sexiest thing, but if you don't train your adductors, you're not going to be able to squat the way you want to squat, which you may think is going to get you the butt you want to get. So you have to find, you know, and realize the importance of training the body in all planes of motion and all ways to have a well-balanced physique to be able to, you know, look the way you want and move the way you want and prevent injury. Absolutely. That's it's something to definitely think about because I even get guilty of that. Like with my trainer, I'll be like, I just want this booty. Like, can't we just do that? And he's like, well, that also doesn't make sense when you think about it. Like, so you just want your butt to be really strong and then everything else is kind of falling near the wayside. Like it just right. isn't a really like realistic thing to actually strive for. But I want to get to some listener questions. Um, someone wrote in about carb cycling. Is that something that you've heard of? Yeah, I've heard of it. And personally, I haven't tried it because like for me, I, like I say, the whole mental side, I think, I think it would just drive me crazy. You know, maybe there's a time and a place if you're competing or maybe your lifestyle calls for it, but I try to just keep a consistent balance each day. And a point to make too is, you know, when you're tracking your macros or your carbs or anything, I eat the pretty much the same amount every day, whether I'm working out or not because I'm fueling that metabolism. Now, if you did a lot more activity, say you go to like Universal, you know, you walk like 10 miles in that day, maybe eat a little bit more carbs that day. But I particularly don't carb cycle. I know it works for some people. I think there's a time and a place depending on your goals. But personally, I just kind of keep it basic. And what is that for someone that doesn't know? Because that's some that's really the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. So, I mean, some days you'll go super high carb. Some days, you know, you cut it low. There's different variations of how you can do it. I know sometimes people, there'll be one day where they have no carbs and the cycle is different depending on their goal and their plan they have in place. But basically, you know, maybe they'll go from 50 grams to 170 grams to, to no carbs the next day. And for me, that's just it's just too much. I love carbs. <laughs> I know. I love carbs too, but I think it goes back to what you said, what works for you. Like if right. it's something you're working with, it's not like mentally stressing you out. You can handle it. You're seeing results then. Okay. That's what works for you. I think what I'm getting out of this interview and even like reading someone's post recently was that people want to identify with a group or something like that. Like I'm paleo, I'm keto, I'm vegan, I'm I do this, I do carb cycling so that when they do hit a goal, it's because they can attribute it to that thing instead of being like, I just changed my lifestyle and I started putting real food in my body and moving it. And so I think that's the issue is that, again, people want to just tie it back to one label. Um, There's a guy, I don't know if you follow him. I think I'm going to say his last name wrong, Max Lugaver. And he does really great informational posts. And he had a plate that was the same food in a side-by-side. And one of the labels was keto. And then he was like, or just food. Like, you know what I mean? It's also just food. And so that's something that I'm curious about your take when people come to you and say, I want to do your program, but I also want to go keto. I want to do your program and and I'm vegan and I'm switching to vegan. Like, do you adhere to that or do you ask why? Like, how do you deal with these different fad diets 
not even fad diets because some of them have worked for people, but you know, is there something that you do differently when people come to you with these different options? Yeah. So I think my biggest thing always is going to say why, you know, if someone's going vegan for, you know, religious or spiritual reasons, like I'm never going to be like, no, sorry, you can't be vegan. No, to each is one's own and people have different reasons for things. Sure. But you will get the person who's like, I'm going keto. And you're like, why? And they're like, well, I have absolutely no clue. Don't really know what keto is, but I'm just so fed up and nothing has worked and I just want to lose weight. And if that's the case, I'm like, wait, 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 rewind. No. Why don't I sit down with you? And I just teach you about balance and whole foods and moderation. So yeah, I'm always going to ask the person why. And my objective with every single client is just to get someone to be able to eat whole foods, enjoy life, also be able to go out and with their friends and with their family and live a normal life where they can stick to it for the long term. That's always my number one objective. Now, if people want to experiment with things, you know, and they really are like, hey, you know, I'm just really into health and fitness. I just want to try keto and put my body through ketosis. And there's, I know there is research out there that says, you know, it can be very beneficial for you. So I'll be like, okay, that's fine. I recommend they work with someone who's monitoring them throughout the process though. And I recommend that they're eating enough to fuel our training. Like as a trainer, that is my job. When they come to me and we're doing a hard workout, hey, did you eat before this? Because if you are not eating anything, I do not feel comfortable putting you through this training with heavy squats and heavy deadlifts where you're going to pass out and you're going to faint. And so I just need to make sure they're fueled and yeah, just getting to the real reasons why. Cause a lot of the times people will tell you one thing. And if you ask the right questions, you uncover something completely different behind the meaning of that. Now, another thing that we got a question about that is, I feel like it's not controversial because there's a lot of science about it and there's people bringing it up left and right, but it mm-hmm. sounds bad is intermittent fasting. What are your thoughts about it? And does it work? So I, again, I haven't done it myself. I have so many friends who do it too. And for a lot of people, it just kind of works with their lifestyle. You know, maybe they have to be at work crazy early sometimes and they weren't a breakfast person anyway. I know there are a lot of health benefits when it comes to fasting So I think that could be a positive thing. Me personally, I I feel more mentally satisfied when I have the five small meals a day and I wake up and I eat right away. I have more energy. So that's the reason I haven't done it. Um, I think, yeah, finding what works for you. But I also am particular on certain exercises can be done fasted and some you're not going to reap all the benefits. Like if you're going into a hardcore strength training session, completely fasted, you maybe can get through it, yes, depending on what you had eaten before. But I think, you know, you won't have the same energy. You won't be able to put up the same numbers. You know, if you're just doing some steady state cardio fasted, okay, you can you can manage to get through that because your body taps into different energy sources depending on the activity you're doing. You know, if you're doing a steady state run, you're going to be burning more fat versus if you're doing quick, you know, 10 second all out sprint, your body goes straight to your glycogen stores. So if you didn't eat anything before, you're kind of hindering your workout. You're not going to have as good of a workout. Then you're probably going to feel deprived. And then you're more likely to go to McDonald's and just feel so freaking hungry that you eat everything you see. So, you know, to each is one's own. I think there's a time and a place, but be mindful with your food selection in accordance to your training. Because I think people need to realize that different activity levels need different foods beforehand. That's a good rule of thumb, I feel like, because for me, I'm like the first example you said where like I have to get to work early. I've never been a breakfast person anyway. And I usually put like some coffee with some healthy fats in it. And I'm not under eating. If anything, I'm still like having trouble staying in a certain macros or in daily points or whatever systems you use. But okay. I but I'm also not doing it every day. You know, I'm not going on vacation or I'm not if I'm not feeling it that day and I wake up and I'm like I'm hungry I'm gonna eat I'm not like have to get through the fast um it's like I think the whole gist that you're probably getting at too is listening to your body yes 100% I think that's the most valuable like lifelong lesson you can learn when it comes to health and fitness and I you know giving yourself a break, but also finding that break. Like, don't be like, Hey, I, you know what? I don't want to be hard on myself. I really love cake. So I'm going to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, you know, but like for me, it's like, I'm not going to be so hard on myself. I really love chocolate, you know? So I have one square 
sometimes like every night for a week, but it's a tiny square and it's 70% cacao, you know? So it's, it's listening to your body, but also setting goals and being disciplined at the same time, finding that balance. And that's something that, you know, maybe you can journal about to help find that balance for you. You know, you want to be strict and eat healthy, but it, it, it can be different for each person. Some people may find they need a little bit more of the mental break and balance and leniency. And some people may want to be a little bit more strict and they, they live for that structured discipline. But I think it just comes down to true health. How do you feel? You know, how is your blood work? How, how are your workouts? How's your energy level? How is it affecting you in all avenues of your life? Absolutely. And that's something that I was all about intuition. Like you said, I know if I go to eat a brownie, it's going to taste good. But usually I feel really sick after and I'm like, oh, I have to lay down. Like now I can't eat anything else because this has to like digest. I, I feel like shit. So it's like, yeah, I know exactly how I'm going to feel. I'm not going to eat the brownie and be like, whoa, I thought I was going to have a six pack after this. But if I wanted it, okay, I eat it. I move on. I also don't need to, you know, sit in a, in a, pity party for myself for a week that I had a brownie. So right. if, if you do eat a brownie, you know, maybe you go to a birthday party, whatever, go lift some heavy things after and use those carbs and use that sugar and do some heavy deadlifts. You know, I think eating for your training is great too. You know, not only do we eat to look a certain way, but we eat to be able to move a certain way and keep up with an activity level and just being so appreciative and grateful of what our bodies can do. And, you know, viewing, nutrition and I, I hate the word diet because it's it's not restrictive viewing nutrition as a way to fuel our body to be able to appreciate and do all the things that our body was intended to do because our bodies are freaking awesome they can do so much it is insane well speaking of that I wanted to end with two things do you have a personal transformation story yourself or what is your favorite personal client's transformation story? I myself am a constant work in progress. And that is one huge thing I pride myself on. And then I tell my clients, hey, I'm working on myself right now too. I am not perfect. You know, I think I've told you over the course of this interview, just the, the differences that I've made when, when it comes to training and my objective in the beginning when I first started versus where my mindset is now. And I think I really transformed not only my body through learning the importance of, you know, strength training and lifting to be strong and changing my mindset and my relationship with food and the way I view myself and all of those things. But, you know, just that I'm a constant work in progress. And I mean, favorite transformation story with a lot of my clients is I had one in particular and she came to me and you know, she wanted to get more toned. Like you can say, she was very hesitant. She actually was one person who told me, you know, I don't want to lift heavy. And I introduced her to some heavy bench press and Bulgarian split squats and some, some standard strength training. And I taught her about nutrition and she ended up losing so much fat, gaining so much muscle. And her mom ended up coming up to me and telling me, you know, she was just starting um, a graduate program and her mom just told me the the difference that she saw in her mood every single day the self-confidence that she gained and the way that she approached this new journey she was going on that not only did she change physically and she learned these habits that now she was taking with her into a very stressful time of her life you know and starting any new school is that's it's very stressful you're going to deal with sleepless nights all of that so she learned all these new habits but her confidence with herself just completely changed so I think changing that mindset it was probably like my my favorite transformation story because I don't do I look to help people achieve their immediate physical goals yes but my mission and with everything I do is to change their life, give them a better quality of life and to do that through health, fitness and mental health. I love so, the mental uh, health aspect. That was my ultimate favorite. Oh, I love that you talk so much about the mental health aspect because like you said earlier, I think it was one of the first answers was that if your mind isn't there, there's really like no point in even trying to get started because you're always just going to go back to a really negative cycle of oh, well, I wanted results or I've never done this. I, I don't have any experience. I'm going to suck. Um, and it's important to celebrate the little wins because I get caught in that cycle too. Like I work out four or five times a week and my body hasn't completely transformed yet. And sometimes I'm like, how is this happening? Like 
I only really eat bad on weekends. I, you know, I'm working out four to five times a week, but then I also have to think, okay, well think about two years ago, you never worked out. The fact that you even got to four times a week is insane. The fact that you never cancel your workouts, like that's something that I've even this week started doing with my journaling. Like instead of focusing on, oh, I didn't lose five pounds or I'm not seeing this oblique muscle or, you know, all the things that are more like vanity focused. Why don't I look at the fact that I do take myself to the gym or a class four times a week that I do actually like to wake up and and journal or meditate? Like those are small wins. And so I'm glad that you focus so much on that too. Yeah. And those are the things that it's like, of course, yes. And you can have, you can have a separate part in your journal, you know, now where can I get better? And definitely always holding yourself accountable, but it's those little habits that are almost even more admirable because those are the things that are going to make you a happier person. You know, life is, it's about so much more, a happier person, a maybe a better mother, a better father, better relationships. And it's like, those are, are huge celebrations and huge victories. So I think it's very important important to celebrate the small wins because it's actually the small things that add up to huge things over time. Well, I loved having this conversation with you and I'm sure people are going to be interested to get in touch with you or train with you. Do you do remote trainings or are you only in person? And if so, where can people find you? Yes. So I do both. So I do private personal training. I am in South Florida. Um, I'm kind of close to the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, I go to people's homes. I go to some retirement homes, you know, apartment complexes with gyms outside if the Florida weather calls for it. Um, and then I also train clients online, my own app that'll be ready probably the end of July. So I'm going to have some exciting things on there. You know, I want to be able to reach as many people as I can, but yes, everyone, please contact me. Any questions you have, my Instagram's at morganic underscore lifestyle, I will love to connect with you, answer any questions you have. And, you know, you can feel free to share with me your victories, your struggles. If you're, if you have a question you feel is very basic and dumb, you don't know how to answer it. There's no dumb question. Please come ask me anything, everything. It could be something as simple as like, how do I change this, this mindset? Because I just can't figure it out and I can't get out of this rut. I promise there's a way we can keep moving forward be hopeful that there is a way. I love it. Well, you guys, I will definitely link all her information in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. I'm sure you're going to be getting a lot of DMs. I mean, I just interviewed you and I feel like I still have like 25 more questions. So <laughs> yes, I'm going to be contacting you too. But thanks so much, Morgan. I loved having you on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. Well, I hope you learned something from that podcast because Morgan really is such an amazing resource. I actually heard about the olive oil thing she mentioned and hearing it again really opened my eyes because I don't want toxic bad stuff in my body that's going to hurt my cells. I mean, unless it's vodka, I feel like I could make an exception, but you know, that's just me. But when I hear knowledge like what Morgan was talking about, it really inspires me to just check in with myself. Don't you just feel so good? Like nobody can say shit to you when you're investing in loving yourself with exercise, food, meditation, journaling. Like I just feel unstoppable when I get into a certain flow of investing in myself. And I hope that you all can find that too. If you found any tidbit of value from the show, let me know by leaving a review or rating on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me at Chelsea Rife, that's R-I-F-F, two F's, E, and Morgan at Morganic underscore lifestyle. And let me know who you want to hear from next or topics that you want me to cover. And I'll see you next week.